2: to extra point here on kdos am 1060 as always you can follow along with us online at kdos 1060.com and with the kdos 1060 app powered by superbook sports it's a friday it's june 16th it's one bob kemp's birthday in addition to the friday spread brought to you by von hansen's meats and spirits so bob here are the specials for you this weekend 45-day dry-aged beef tomahawk steaks at $24.99 a pound, 8-ounce average steak skewers at $2 for $15, prime pork butts at $3.99 a pound, prime pork back ribs at $5.99 a pound. In addition to that, uh, Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits is celebrating 19 years in Chandler, so Saturday only, grill steaks, buy two, get the third You can visit them at 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. We'll have the $100 gift certificate a little bit later on in the program. It's also a Father's Day weekend, so we'll have a four-pack of Diamondbacks tickets for you for Sunday's contest as they host the Guardians. Plenty to get into in regards to the Diamondbacks, and we'll touch on that in just a minute. But as we typically do, let's set the scene with today's poll questions, and we'll start with the KDOS1060.com poll question. Should the Suns bring back Chris Paul next season? And the masses here, there's been a massive flip from how things were to start the 9 o'clock hour. No is now leading the way at 53% of the vote. Yes is trailing at 47%. Yeah,
1: he uh, has mentioned that he absolutely used that uh, term uh, in the Dwayne Rankin story and uh, you know, the RepublicEasyCentral.com Easycentral.com. He absolutely wants to stay with the Suns. I'm guessing in part because his 2023 salary, if he stays with the Suns, would be guaranteed for 30.8 million dollars. You know, there's a deadline upcoming here in the next few days for that, um, and you know that's certainly a, if, if he is waived or somehow becomes a free agent for whatever you know, however that would occur. Uh, that's you know, 38, 30.8 million is that's a salary that's not going to be. I'm guessing I would be shocked if any other team came close to approaching that number.
2: We'll answer this question, and we'll also dive into a little bit about the details here in the in the program, and then we'll answer the question around eleven thirty today. Flipping this on over to Twitter at KDOS AM ten sixty. The Diamondbacks losing three of four at home to the Phillies. Reason for concern or no big deal? Reason for concern leading the way at seventy three point three percent of the vote. No big deal trailing at twenty six point seven percent.
1: Yeah, they're actually somewhat fortunate, if you go back to Monday night, that they weren't swept in the four-game series. You know, the foul ball home run that was originally ruled a home run in the top of the ninth inning, uh, the Diamondbacks uh, could have lost that game. But uh, they ended up winning that game, but they lost the next three days. And uh, I think it's pretty easy to make a case that this was the worst uh, series we've seen the Diamondbacks play this season
2: we'll get into the diamondbacks here now as you mentioned they fell to the phillies yesterday afternoon five to four it was a ryan nelson start four innings pitched, 10 hits five runs two walks five strikeouts one home run the start left diamondbacks manager tory lovello not committed to nelson's next start saying post game quote we're going to talk about it like we talk about it every time we just kind of go over it and make sure that we're ready to win a baseball game tomorrow two days three days four days and five days from now so we'll have those discussions then the next couple of days nelson just for some numbers perspective here has allowed 13 earned runs over his last 19 and a third innings pitched
1: and that included the really good start at detroit but detroit's uh, arguably as currently constructed with the guys that are you know on their injured list I think right now Detroit could be, I think, not even could be. I think the Detroit Tigers right now have the worst lineup in baseball. That's the team that he shut down last weekend. His whip is up to you know, 134. His earn run average is 5.5. Yeah, he's 3-4 and four for a team that's 13 games above 500. And, you know, those are numbers that no pitcher, no starting pitcher for a first-place team should have. But I think the Diamondbacks – you know, problem here, you know, lack of a better term. They're, they're, you know, the, the, the conundrum. I don't know if that's a better term or not, but yeah, who who starts for him? Uh, yeah, we've seen the Brandon Fott thing, and that was a disaster. I know he had a good start in his last start in, uh, A, but he had a couple of not so good starts before that. So do they bring him back? You know, if, if Nelson's not in the rotation, who is at, uh, I think that there's so much um, on the line. They they need to win the games that Merrill Kelly and and Zach Gallen start uh, because their other three starting pitchers. Yeah, you know, Davies gives them a chance at least. But you know, whoever the other three starting pitchers are, you don't feel particularly confident that they're going to deliver. You know, you, you know, quality starts, which is a, you know the stats for quality start. I hate. You know, three three earned runs or less in six innings, that's a 450 or run average. Whoever came up with that idea for a quality start was out of their mind. But anyway, that's what we consider a quality start. But if the Diamondbacks would be satisfied if they get quality starts out of their other three starting pitchers once you get past uh, Gallon and Kelly.
2: Before I ask a question about Gallon and Kelly here, I want to touch on something else from Ryan Nelson here and ask, you know, obviously this wasn't a great start for him, and we've talked a little bit about the struggles here uh, in the majors. So when it comes to uh, Kelly, though, or I'm sorry, to Ryan Nelson, what does he do well and what does he need in improvements on, and do you see enough here that says those improvements can be reached?
1: I don't see enough. I just don't think he's a major league starting pitcher. Um, think he's, uh, you know, I, I see him on a staff as just a long relief guy. Usually, when your team's behind or your starting pitcher needs, uh, you, know, you know, he needs to be taken out of the game early. Uh, I just uh, don't think. You know, it's it's amazing to me that uh, they've gotten as much much mileage as they have, and you know, they've won a, a decent yeah they're over 500 in the games that the studs haven't started but not by much and uh you know they just uh, I, I just i don't know what he does really i don't think he excels at anything to make him a major league level starting pitcher and the numbers kind of back, back it up a 430 earned run average as i mentioned and the 154 whip is atrocious
2: Uh, Dre Damonson, he pitched two and a third innings of scoreless baseball, along with three strikeouts. But uh, it doesn't seem like he's going to make it back into the starting rotation, though.
1: He would be the guy uh, amongst the guys that we've seen here the last two years. At least he has some swing and miss stuff. Yeah, he has significant command issues, uh, but when he's able to throw strikes, I can. Yeah, he's had. I can. I've said for two years now with him. I can see if things are going well, I can see him as a starting pitcher in the major leagues. For the most part, the you know, other quote-unquote Diamondbacks starting pitchers that we've seen really for two years running now, I don't think they're mainstays for the future. So back to
2: Kelly and Gallon in your comments about how the the team really has to win those starts. So kind of, I mean, they're not immune to understanding who who's on this roster and how important their starts are. So does that put extra pressure on them to be really good or is that just kind of come with the territory for being one and two in the starting rotation?
1: I think it comes with the territory and also I think they're, you know, they're, very professional in what they do uh and i think they they think they kind of understand the responsibility of being the one and two starters uh, on any team let alone a right now first place team
2: the diamondbacks as you mentioned lost three of four to the phillies and the phillies though are now above 500 for the first time since may 13th the phillies since may 13th are also 15 and 15 so do we consider this phillies team to be a good baseball team
1: I think they are right now. Um, you know, they won town out of twelve. They lead Major League Baseball in runs scored in the month of June. You know they didn't really have obviously with Bryce Harper starting the season on the injured list, and he hasn't really you know, turned it on yet either. By the way, um, you know they've uh, been a little inconsistent, but they're starting pitching. Their two studs have uh, you know, certainly pitched well in this series against the Diamondbacks. Their bullpen. Uh, is immensely improved. You know, they showed some signs towards the end of last season, and yeah, you know, their bullpen is uh, you know amongst the best in the National League right now. They're 14 and seven in one-run games. I think a lot of that has to do with their bullpen, has you know basically shut down opponents uh, in final innings of close games. And yeah, uh, you know, Kimbrell Kimbrel has uh, been very effective. We saw that a couple of times in the series against the Diamondbacks, including yesterday. So. They're an intriguing team. Um, and in the National League, which is, quite frankly, not very good, uh, there's a couple teams I think that are elite. And after that, I'm not – I think there's one team that's elite. I think that's the Braves, uh, especially if they ever get healthy. If the Braves are – if they have their pitchers back uh, by the time we get to the postseason, I think that it's pretty much, you know, just kind of, a, you know, you can't – you know, put them in the World Series but I think that they would be incredibly heavy favorites to reach the World Series maybe we'll change uh, there maybe I'll change my opinion on this after the trade deadline we see what the Dodgers add maybe the Diamondbacks but you know there's a lot of bad baseball in the National League this year and I think the Phillies are an intriguing team and you know they obviously made a big run last year and made the World Series with basically the same roster
2: absolutely uh that was kind of one of my sentiments as well is that they really didn't have a huge overhaul of of players
1: well trey turner helps i mean that's a huge upgrade there but he hasn't been great but he's actually been pretty good the last two or three weeks which kind of coincides with them you know leading baseball and run scored in the month of june so far
2: when it comes back to the Diamondbacks, they're starting a three-game series against the Guardians, who are 32 and 36 as a team on the season. If you missed Bob's conversation with Jeff Ellis from Locked On Guardians, you can always podcast over at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app. But tonight, it's a 640 PM start on Bally Sports Arizona. Tristan and McKenzie is going for the Guardians. He's 0-1, 4.50 ERA, 15 strikeouts, and it's Zach Gallon on the mound for the Diamondbacks. 7-1 and two 3.09 era 93 strikeouts
1: yeah we, we I think we understand gallon uh, we've talked about him a lot but I'll get into McKenzie a little bit he's in it's just his third start of the season he was injured right at the end of spring training and uh, did not start until a couple of weeks ago his first start was really impressive his second start was less than impressive uh, so we'll see what happens this time but uh, he was highly thought of at the end of last season. He had a lot to do with the uh, guardians second half run to win the division a year ago. And, uh, you know, he, he's, you know, for, if you ever seen him pitch, if you ever seen him, actually a picture of him, he's a, uh, uh, not, he's a thin dude. <laughs> he's tall and thin, uh, skinny, I guess some might say, but you know, he's got some amazing stuff and, uh, very impressive pitcher, and you know, just to give you an idea, fantasy baseball-wise, you know, we were very interested in uh, selecting him early in our draft, but then he got hurt right before the end of the uh, end of spring training, and we knew he wasn't going to be available for the reg- to start of the regular season
2: saturday it's a 7 10 p.m contest valley sports arizona fs1 shane bieber five and three three point two nine era 64 strikeouts tommy henry gets the start for the diamondbacks three and one four point eight six era and 33 strikeouts
1: henry's another guy who i don't think should be starting in a major league rotation especially for a first place team but they've got to come up with three guys uh so we'll See how this goes. Uh, He's had a couple of good starts. He gets almost no swing and miss. He has very few strikeouts compared to innings pitched. That kind of drives me nuts. That's also, you know, I don't know, maybe I'm just go overboard on the, I need to see some strikeouts and see some swing and miss from pitchers. I will say the fact that one thing that's definitely helped him is, you know, when the ball is put in play, other than these last few games this week, the Diamondbacks have played tremendous defense this season, and that helps a pitcher like Henry who uh, does not get many strikeouts.
2: Uh, and finally, the Sunday game, the Guardians. The last I looked this morning, had not named a pitcher. Zach Davies is going for the Diamondbacks. Is one and two, five point four six ERA, twenty six strikeouts. That's a one ten start.
1: Yeah, Davies coming off the injured list started, you know, went on the you know, started the season and got hurt. And uh, so was, I believe this is his fourth start off the injured list. Uh, a couple have been good and one really not good at all, but he's another pitch to contact guy for the most part. He did have some strikeouts in his last start, uh, but uh, another guy that definitely he throws strikes. That's a good start. Uh, and uh, he, does, he has benefited also from the Diamondbacks' really good defense for the most part this season.
2: Speaking of that Sunday contest, it's Father's Day, and you can win a four-pack of Diamondbacks tickets to that game. Spend the day with Dad at Chase Field, the first 15,000 dads to the game. Against the Guardians on June 18th, we'll receive a Father's Day Hawaiian shirt courtesy of Budweiser. Secure your tickets now by visiting dbacks.com dad, and a four-pack of tickets is yours if you're caller number 2, 602-260-1060, 602-260-1060, caller number 2, is the winner of a four-pack of tickets. The game, as I've mentioned, starts at 1.10 p.m., from chase field we'll get into some nba topics we'll also uh dive into the nfl top 10 quarterbacks of all time according to marty morningwig we'll dive into all of that here on this uh friday spread edition of extra point on this june 16th right here on kdus am 1060 online at kdus 1060.com and with the kdus 1060 app powered by superbook sports
0: Catch the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. right here on KDUS AM 1060 and online at kdus1060.com.
2: Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060 online at KDOS1060.com. It's a Friday. It's June 16th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortellaro with you up until noon today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. A couple of NBA news from this morning. Uh, You have reports that Michael Jordan is finalizing the sale of the Charlotte Hornets to a group led by Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schau ending his run as majority owner for the last 13 years plotkin is already a minority owner and shale had been previously a minority owner of the atlanta hawks uh this is kind of crazy just the overall valuation of nba teams sports teams in general and the ascension of the, those values michael jordan paid 275 million dollars for the hornets back in 2010 uh, and it looks like now the valuation could be about three billion
1: yeah it's interesting i mean i i'm a little surprised you know going back to the original charlotte hornets remember you know they, they had the new orleans thing, all that stuff going on for several years but uh, I'm, you know, basketball crazy Carolina. I'm a little surprised, uh, you know, the attendance hasn't always been great. And, uh, you know, they love their college basketball, but, you know, partly because the Hornets have rarely been really good. And I'm guessing because partly they love their college basketball. Uh, but I'm a little surprised that the NBA has actually not been a bigger product in, the, in Carolina.
2: Are you a little surprised that Jordan hasn't had more success as an owner?
1: I have no way to really judge that because you know, we've had professional athletes that have either become, you know, coaches, owners, general managers, and I think it's at, at best probably been a hit or miss proposition. But uh, not, I, I have not—I didn't no idea how to really judge you know, Jordan's playing career and whether he should be a successful owner in you know sports I guess he is a successful owner because he certainly is you know making a lot, a lot of money from when he bought it to when he's selling it
2: Yeah, I think it sometimes is an unfair leap that we make that just because you had that success as a a player, that that automatically means that you'll understand, you know, how to evaluate talent, you'll understand how to put together a roster. So I think to make the, the synergy there come together, I think is a little bit unfair to everyone
1: it is but there have been guys that have been great at jerry west is you know arguably the best general manager in the nba in the last you know since his playing career ended in the late 70s or you know, mid-70s or whenever he officially retired uh he was tremendous and you know lakers success and yeah you know, he was part of the warriors uh you know not exactly quote the you know number one head honcho you know general manager dude but uh part of the current Warriors construction when it started. He was part of the organization then. So there there's a guy that was considered at one time, if not the best you know, you know guard in, in the NBA, one of the certainly one of the greatest players of all time. Then he was enormously successful as an executive.
2: Uh, Then you also have the news this morning about Ja Morant and the suspension that the NBA has levied on him. 25 games to start the 2023-2024 season. There are conditions that prior to his return, he is required to formulate and fulfill a program with the league that directly addresses the circumstance that led him to repeat this destructive behavior. Morant himself uh, has put out a statement. Uh, Amongst some of the things that he has said, I have had time to reflect and and I realize how much hurt I've caused. I want to apologize to the NBA, the Grizzlies, my teammates in the city of Memphis, to Adam Silver, uh, Zach Kleeman and Robert Perra, who gave me the opportunity to be a professional athlete and have supported me. I'm sorry for the harm I've done to the kids who look up to me. I'm sorry for failing you as a role model. I promise I'm going to be better to all my sponsors. I'm going to be a better representation of our brands and to all of my fans. I'm going to make it up to you. I promise. Are you a little surprised?
1: 25 games I don't know do the collective bargaining agreement is that the max he could maybe be suspended I'm not sure but I don't know if you can hear this I'm slapping my wrist here uh, it's kind of a slap on the wrist to be uh, you know unless there you know there's some kind of limitation I thought it should have been double this I understand that's like more than half the season but he had his opportunity and it's, I don't care what he says at this point, you know, whether it's via statement or you actually hear him verbally say it. I don't think anybody should pay attention to a word that he says for at least a couple of years. You know, actions speak louder than words, and for him, I think this is going to have to be a you know, to be. It would be a. I need to see, you know, you know some you know you know maturation and just you know just a better human being over a period of time so at least a couple years down the road before I can think well maybe he's figured it out
2: I don't know if maybe our thoughts as to oh wow 25 games uh, was kind of formulated for us ahead of the time when Adam Silver was asked about it and his response was, we're not going to address this now because we don't want to take away from the NBA finals. It almost maybe we jumped to conclusions there that uh, it implied that there was going to be a very big uh, suspension coming down that really suggested that there was some seriousness behind all of what has taken place and the seriousness behind uh, trying to rectify how he behaves Moving forward
1: yeah i'm not you know that might be your thought process there i didn't really have much of a thought process with that because i just didn't really have any idea of what they might actually do
2: uh to your point though um the domestic violence uh suspension for for miles there uh, was 30 games and then uh john Morant's 25 game suspension so there can be more than 25 games
1: Okay, I didn't know if there was a limitation. There are in some other sports. I don't know, the NFL, you know, it's a different, you know, obviously many fewer games, but there's like a maximum penalty according to the collective bargaining agreement that they have uh, that, you know, that's, you know, they obviously, and it's also, they they have a lot of things just written down and etched in stone where they just kind of start from when they're ruling on suspensions for the most part. Then there's the Roger Goodell. Well, I agree with that, but I mean, it seems like there's more of a, you know, set. There's a precedent for some things, and it seems like there's more of a structure. That's a word I should have used like thirty seconds ago
2: taking a pause away from nba discussion getting into marty morningwig's nfl top 10 quarterbacks of all time uh he wrote this for the 33rd i I thought his compilation here was quite interesting and and so 10th on his list was actually drew Brees. Morningwig says that uh it's the numbers that does it for him more than 80,000 yards passing on 67.7% completion percentage 571 touchdown passes a Super Bowl win and a Super Bowl MVP I will add this about Drew Brees here. I don't. I don't know that I necessarily think he's a top ten quarterback of all time, but I will add this here that I always appreciated how effectively he ran a two minute offense with him and Sean Payton. That they were always in in lockstep, seemingly always giving themselves a chance to win a game, get points at the end of quarters or end of games.
1: I agree with that, but also I'd be. You know, I think I'd be disappointing some of our longtime listeners. I think that these type of lists are preposterous, especially in the NFL. It is so much easier to play be a quarterback or an offensive player in the, in the NFL now than it has ever been before because all these rules restrict the defense from doing anything. Um, you, know, you know, if he had faced, like, a, you know, Joe Montana is the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't care what the list says here. But he should be number one in this list. Tom Brady's the most accomplished quarterback of all time. But Tom Brady never had to face like the Dallas defense, the New York Giants defense, the Washington defense on uh, a regular basis like Montana had to do for several years.
2: Uh, Number nine on the list is John Elway, known for his incredible comebacks, a five-time Super Bowl participant, and a two-time winner, including an MVP, one of the most creative, mobile, strong-arm quarterbacks in NFL history, according to Morningwig here. Um, What do you think, in your opinion, looking at Elway's game was more prolific, the cannon arm or his scrambling into positive plays?
1: The arm, for sure, because the scrambling waned as time went on, obviously. This one I can buy. I think it's a joke that Drew Brees is considered to be a top-ten quarterback of any time, of any era. Uh, well, I shouldn't say any era. At least, At least in the history of the league, it's absolutely laughable that he's a top-ten quarterback.
2: Uh, number eight on the list is Dan Marino and uh, Morning Wig says here, how can you put a quarterback in the top 10 of all time with no Super Bowl? And he says numbers. He was the purest passer of the fo- of the football in his era. In the 1984 season, 48 touchdown passes, only 13 sacks and 564 attempts with 5,084 yards passing. And then, of course, the Super Bowl run here. Uh, but certainly Dan Marino, I'm actually surprised he's not higher on the list.
1: I'm totally surprised he's not higher. This is a day and age where def- defenses were much more difficult and the rules were different uh, than they uh, you know, have been for the last at least you know, 10, 15, 20 years. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it wasn't his fault necessarily. It was a little bit, but I think it's more of a Don Shula thing, uh, who I know is considered by some to be the greatest coach of all time. He has the most wins. Don Shula also had some of the biggest uh, – upset losses in history because he just didn't seem to adapt particularly well in uh, certain big games uh, If you if starting with the 69 Jets of course when they you know, stunned the Colts in the Super Bowl and there were other games uh, that uh, big games and you just kind of wondered what's he doing but if, uh, if it were somebody other than Don Shula I think that uh, his uh, coaching acumen would have been criticized and there's zero doubt that he just was way he should have uh, shouldn't have been a head coach as long as he was let's put it that way
2: it's always fascinating the side that you take to like fulfill your argument whether or not you're going to say wins are a quarterback stat wins are not a quarterback stat Super Bowl wins define a quarterback's greatness Super Bowl wins don't define a quarterback's greatness and I think Dan Marino is probably one of the biggest case for case against for why championships don't define um you know an individual player's contributions to a team.
1: Yeah, I understand that theory uh, for sure. Um, You know, in Marino's case, you know, necessarily, you know, I think he certainly got the most out of, you know, he had an incredible uh, quickest release, uh, you know, one of the quickest releases ever. And, uh, you know, their offense, uh, you know, Shula did do, I think, a really good thing. You know, he he changed his offensive philosophy based on what the, uh, you know, what the personnel was. Uh, what the personnel was when Shula was in his heyday with the Dolphins in the 70s they were a run first run second and maybe throw it on third down if you have to team uh, by the time that uh, you know when Marino was there they obviously had the the mark you know, you know Duper and Clayton as the wide receivers and it was you know kind of like uh, you know, you know first, pass first pass second and we might run it it's uh, occasionally just to throw you off somewhat.
2: Uh, number seven on this list for Marty Morningway, he has a tie between Brett Favre and Steve Young, and he says he's biased because he coached them both. Brett Favre known for being a gunslinger, Young known for being a surgeon. How should we look back on Brett Favre's career?
1: Um, That's a really good question. As I stumbled to an answer here, to think of one, you know, how, how I want to phrase this. Um, gunslinger, I think, is accurate. Um you know, know, once again, he only won one Super Bowl, right? So if we want to use that as a, you know, kind of a, you know, bottom line, how you you determine, you know, one's greatness. Uh, And, uh, you know, some of that was, you know, because Farb didn't step up in some big games too, uh, including when they played against uh, Elway in the Super Bowl, even though Farb did not have a terrible game in that game, but uh, it wasn't a bad game at all, in fact. But so I'm, I think he's okay but I don't think of Brett Favre immediately when we're talking the greatest quarterback of all time discussion.
2: Would you say that Steve Young started a trend of changing the quarterback position?
1: I don't know if he started it, but he was certainly a uh, you know, dual threat. He could run, obviously. I think his passing developed uh, during his career. Yeah, you know, he's a guy that couldn't win the big game there for a while. And there's, you know, they also part of the deal was quite frankly. A lot of those big games were against the Cowboys, and the Cowboys at that time were just a better all-around team. And then he finally, you know, beat the Cowboys. You know, as the infamous, you know, video of the monkey off the back when he finally won the Super Bowl, uh, and so forth, and. Uh, you know succeeding montana could not have been an easy thing for him or anybody
2: (laughs) right uh number six on the list roger staubach staubach retired in 1980 with the highest career passer rating in history two super bowl rings and famous for the hail mary
1: that's true it's unfortunate that uh, actually i think he should be famous for a lot more things other than the hail mary but uh you know against the uh, obviously against the vikings to drew pearson etc but uh, yeah, to me, uh, once again in the era where defenses in his era, yeah, he had to face the Steelers and Super Bowls and everybody, you know, and all the NFC teams at that time, which a lot of them were really good on defense. Uh, he, he, to me is, uh, you know, he, he's got to be very high in any list if you're ever trying to do this. But like I said, I think it's just kind of preposterous to even give this a try because of the way that areas have changed so much, and, and especially. Every every professional sport, uh, the areas are different and the rules change. And seems like pretty much every 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 at least the three major professional sports, every rule change is based to make things easier for the offense and you know just restricts what the defense can actually do because television viewers want to watch points scored, they want to watch runs scored in baseball, so everything is geared towards that.
2: Uh, Five on this list, Peyton Manning, also known as the Sheriff, he's a two-time Super Bowl champion, five-time NFL MVP, revolutionized the manner in which a quarterback goes about his business at the line of scrimmage, preparation, and operating during games. And uh, as Morning Wig says that he has a feather in his cap for two Super Bowls with two different franchises, Um, you know, is he credited with bringing such a cerebral element to the game?
1: I think there were plenty of guys, many guys, uh, certainly Montana comes to mind way before Manning as far as that goes. He's that, that was a big deal, no question. Also, uh, for years, he lost the big game, uh, often to Bill Belichick. He lost the big game and to Tom Brady. Uh, but you know, he got over the hump. I, I have a tough time. Giving him a whole lot of credit for the Broncos Super Bowl, he was actually better the year before they won the Super Bowl, and uh, you know the fact that uh, you know he won the Super Bowl with Denver is great. But you know they won that de- they won that Super Bowl largely because of their defense and a lot because they they ran the ball better that year.
2: We'll finish one through four on the other side of the break. If you'd like to chime in, you can. 602 260 1060 is the number. We'll get to you now and talk to you on the other side of the break. It is the extra point right here on KDUS AM 1060. As always, you can follow us online at KDUS1060.com and with the KDUS1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. It's also a Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. You can visit them at 2390 North Alma School in chandler also online at von Hansen's in celebration of 19 years at their chandler location saturday only grill steaks buy two get a third free in addition to all of their other weekend specials plus we'll have the 100 gift certificate available for you but not quite yet it is the extra point here on kdus am 1060. <laughs>
0: Every Monday night, check out Ray Adams as he hosts the Monday Night Golf and Lifestyle Show from 6 to 7 p.m. here on KDUS AM 1060.
2: 44 here on KDOS AM 1060. Follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com and with the KDOS 1060 app powered by Superbook Sports. As promised, we'll pop on out to the KDOS hotline for phone calls. 602-260-1060 is the number. Monroe in Glendale, what's on your mind?
0: Happy Friday first.
2: Thank you. Same to you.
0: I actually was thinking the day was Tuesday. <laughs> My oh. wife says, no, it's Friday. So, that's what happens when you retire and you don't have to get up and go to work every morning.
2: <laughs> well, well, we're a, a few ways, well, at least I'm a few ways off from that.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, hang in there, you'll get there. <laughs> True. Um, let me talk about this list, and, and first, give the, the big disclaimer that I agree with Bob 100% about the foolishness of this list, uh, these kinds of lists. For me, you do these lists when you've already made a determination of who is what, and you just go find the stats to support what you've already determined. So, uh, uh, I, I hear people when they when they talk about LeBron being the greatest, they do basically the same thing. And I can go through a whole bunch of stuff, but this, that that he doesn't do, but they don't count. So, but let's talk about this quarterback list. Um. I just get this scary feeling that Tom Brady's going to be the greatest and the reason is going to be the number of Super Bowls. And But if he's not considered the greatest, if, if you're counting Super Bowls and you say Dan Marino couldn't be on the list, that says to me that you really haven't considered the fact that football is really the ultimate team sport. There is no other sport more team sport than football. And so I consider Dan Marino, I, I'm, I understand Ball's position with Joe Montana. I don't disagree with it, but I'm, I was just so impressed with the fact that not only did Dan Marino play in a time where defenses were more difficult to play against, but name a receiver Dan Marino threw the ball too. He had almost no receivers. And then people make a big deal about Lamar Jackson don't got receivers. And they don't know what not having a receiver really is. Um, yeah.
1: And then last Clayton, and du- Clayton and Duper were pretty
0: good. They were pretty good, but, you know, we always talk about the Hall of pretty good.
1: That's true. I agree. They're yeah. not Hall of Famers. They shouldn't be on. Maybe they are Hall of Famers. I just don't pay attention to the NFL Hall of Fame, but. Yes. Maybe they are, but yeah, I would I will say that Clayton and Duper certainly I'm gonna, I might actually be sticking up for Lamar Jackson here. Uh but those two guys are far better than any receivers you know, whether including tight ends that Lamar Jackson have th- has thrown to in his career so far. Sure,
0: sure. No, no. Um uh, and for me, if we're going to well to me Roger Starback was the first dual-threat quarterback.
1: I can he buy that. A,
0: he was the first quarterback that was a a legitimate runner, and not a scrambler yeah. like say Fran Talk, Fran Talkington. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I agree, you know I, agree, I,
1: I also agree with that.
0: I, I can't I can't let this go by without mentioning Dan Fowler because I think he don't get the love yeah. he did.
1: He's my guy too. I agree with you. I mean he's. Yes. Uh, yeah, once again, didn't win the championship, didn't go to the Super Bowl, et cetera, but I totally agree. Uh, just as far as, you know, just for the pure enjoyment factor, uh, watching Fouts do, you know, run the Don Coriel offense, and those he had some, he had some receivers. Uh, yeah, but Air Coryell. yep. Yeah, that group was a blast to watch.
0: They were. Go get some YouTube videos if you can find some Kayla and watch. <laughs> <laughs> it is exciting football
1: yeah no
2: absolutely he's a very prolific uh passer but he doesn't make it on this particular list i think this list is like it, it just it, it, um, sparks like some enragement to us right where we're like well wh- why are you viewing it that way versus this way to your point about you know which stats kind of fill which argument
0: yeah, and I'm really surprised I maybe I shouldn't be, but I'm really surprised that this comes from Marty morning week. I just I would expect better. So anyway, you guys have a great weekend, and uh, hopefully uh, we'll be we'll be with you next week
2: sounds great appreciate the call monroe as always 602-260-1060 we'll take some calls in hour number two i promise we'll get to uh one through four on the other side of the break here in the extra point by the
1: the way i agree it's a joke if fouts isn't on this list yeah total joke
2: i i i'm very curious to see what you're going to say about uh four on this list and and maybe why yeah i'm just very curious to see what you're going to say with number four so that's coming up on the other side of the break uh, the U.S. Open it's underway. L.A. Country Club low scores yesterday. Ricky Fowler, Xander Shoffley shooting sixty-two, eight under par yesterday. They'll tee off this afternoon. Wyndham Clark he shot sixty-four yesterday. He's three under par on his round today through ten holes. Uh, he's sitting atop the leaderboard at nine under par. Uh, so we'll of course have some U.S. Open updates as well. But we'll finish this list on the other side of the break here on KDOS AM ten sixty.
0: HD Radio is here for KDUS AM 1060. Check out your favorite shows and games on 100.7 KSLX HD2.
2: up our number one on this Friday, June 16th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortellaro with you up until noon today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. We were going through Marty Morningwig's NFL top 10 quarterbacks of all time from the 33rd. I will briefly recap 10, Drew Brees, 9, John Elway, 8, Dan Marino, 7 is a tie between Brett Favre and Steve Young, 6, Roger Staubach, 5, Peyton Manning. And you know, the one thing I do want to point out is that there are ties here, so it means that there are more than ten quarterbacks.
1: Yeah. That's. I was just gonna say, again you, know, you gotta you know, skip the next one if there's a tie. Yeah, that's so,
2: usually how that goes, but uh, uh here, here we is. are.
1: Okay. All well, right. Whatever you gotta do to. Come up with ten, 10 on a list that is not exactly my favorite thing to start with, but that's okay.
2: All right. Uh, number four here, he calls it the old-timers. Otto Graham, Sammy Baugh, uh, and Sig Sid yeah. Luckman. Excuse me, Sid Luckman. Yeah. He says, why the triple tie? Because we pride ourselves on the history of the game, and without these three men, where would we be? Where would the passing game be? Otto retired with the highest career winning percentage for a quarter quarterback and still holds that record has record for yards per pass attempt as well sammy three-time mvp three-time nfl champion could throw with precision in 1940 in 1945 baugh had a 109.9 passer rating led the league playing defense in interceptions and led the league punting with 43.4 yards per attempt and sid seven touchdown passes in one game at four nfl championships and an mvp
1: I got all kinds of stuff here. Okay, let's start with Otto Graham. That was my dad's guy. My dad grew up in Cleveland for well, – actually, I shouldn't say grew up. He actually worked in Cleveland for a little while uh, and uh, was a you know, big Browns fan. He was a Paul Brown guy. He used to be the coach at Ohio State also, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, and, uh, you know, we were in Columbus for, you know, several years too. But he was a big Otto Graham guy. You mentioned Sammy Baugh. My best friend in Las Vegas, or uh, one of my best friends in Las Vegas, Bob Hudson, rest in peace. Uh, actually, played. He was a high, he he was yeah, high school football player in the state of Texas, and he played for Sammy Baugh when Baugh was a high school coach in Texas. And then uh, Sid Luckman, uh, one of my best friends in La- in uh, Chicago, used to tell me about Sid Luckman all the time because uh, he, you know, he was yeah, obviously. Yeah, the Bears have not exactly had a great history of quarterbacks, uh, and uh, you know, I think some the, he might even hold some of the Bears' records still at quarterback play. Uh, you know, in, you know, played far fewer games and far fewer attempts.
2: <laughs> number three on this list it's another tie johnny unitas and patrick mahomes uh unitas according to morning wig hair <laughs> revolutionized the two-minute offense with timing and precision timing with wide receiver raymond barry three-time mvp three-time nfl champ mahomes he says that he's only 27 and he's already a two-time super bowl mvp and two-time nfl mvp i will add here about patrick mahomes that it is really darn impressive the arm angles that he's able to complete passes with, the off-balance throws with accuracy and velocity. Uh, He has been special to watch so far.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think he's the only guy that's currently playing that I would really have to think about putting into this list. Um, So, yeah, he's really good. Um, So, you know, I get that. Johnny Unitas, uh, the king of the two-minute drill uh, and uh, so forth at the end of games, et cetera. Uh, so you know, when, I, when I was growing up in the 60s, he, he, was, he was the guy. Uh, and uh, you know, I think he actually – he was good enough that I think he could uh, you know, certainly excel in any era. And I'm not so sure I can say that about uh, hardly any quarterbacks now uh, and some of the ones that we've already mentioned, including the Drew Brees thing, which is just the most absurd thing that I'm more I think about this. <laughs> That he's ever included in any top 10 of the greatest quarterbacks of all time
2: uh and then this is not going to make you happy because two it's joe montana four and no, 0 in- i
1: understand i knew that was coming
2: four and zero in super bowls three-time super bowl mvp and two-time nfl mvp and number one on the list is tom brady uh he limits how many different accolades he uh, attributes to tom brady because the list could be long but 30 career playoff wins seven-time super bowl champion three-time mvp 649 touchdown passes and 251 wins there was something should
1: be montana should be number one just based on he's the greatest quarterback in the you know toughest time i think uh, to be a good quarterback brady is clearly the most accomplished quarterback of all time and i've said that for years both those things
2: we have the Von Hansen's $100 gift certificate still up for grabs in hour number two. We'll get into some Chris Paul discussion as well, and uh, we'll take your calls around 11:15 at 602-260-1060. Plus, we'll talk a little bit about the U.S. Open day number two from L.A. Country Club. It's all happening here in the Extra Point.